Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, now in our 22nd year on Voice America. Very proud of that. Uh, This is the program that shows you how to turn your obstacles into opportunities and your problems into solutions and make your dreams come true. And we have an amazing couple on today that has done just that. Uh, Our couple today is Mark and Mary Kay Liston, and their new book is called Diagnosed, Inspirational Stories After an Alarming Medical Diagnosis. They are authors and they share their faith-filled journey in addition to stories of 26 others to help readers cope with life-altering diagnoses. After Mark and Mary Kay Liston met nearly 20 years ago, their faiths got stronger and more involved and, and, and even in their employment. Mark was a regular contributor to a glass trade newsletter and authored personal weekly motivational blogs for years. Mary Kay spent her first career in television, 10 years in franchising, and she holds a Bachelor of Arts in Journalism and a Master of Business in Administration. And Mary Kay has served as Mark's editor for his writing projects. They are now retired franchise franchise executives, both having served as presidents of successful franchise brands under the Neighborly banner. So today we're going to talk about their brand new book, where they're really inspiring us with amazing, inspirational stories. Welcome, Mary Kay, and welcome, Mark. Thanks, Patricia. We're excited to be with you. It is a great day here, and thanks, Patricia. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about how this all started. This started because you had a diagnosis in your family, and Mark, you went through it, and it was really, in a way, your teacher, because from that, you decided to bring this story to other people and share these stories. So talk about the beginnings. It goes back to November 3rd. I had a bad cough. Mary Kay took me to urgent care that day. They said, you need to go to the ER. I said, okay. It was right next door. They said, the ambulance will be here in a few minutes. Ambulance? So Mary Kay could park right where she was and just walk over to the hospital Five hours later, the emergency room doctor came in and said, Mark, I hate to tell you this, but you have lung cancer mm. and you need an oncologist right away. Wow. That was the start. Wow. So out of nowhere, in a way, except for the cough. Right. right. Didn't smoke ever. Didn't have any secondhand smoke ever. And all of a sudden, I'm diagnosed with lung cancer. Mm. What was your next step? Mary Kay. Well, the first thing we did as soon as the doctor handed us a list of oncologists and walked out of the emergency room, we held each other, we shed a tear, and then we gave it to God because we said, this is too heavy a burden. We don't know what to do with this. And so we put it in your hands. Hmm. Then then the next morning, the first thing I did is start journaling. I thought, you know what? I'd like to write and I'd like to just make notes for myself at first. Uh, what's going on, what doctor appointments I need to go to, what hospitals, what testing, and anything else. That was the genesis of this. So that helped you because it kept you on track? It kept it real? Yes, yes. And it gave me something to do besides just worry. (laughs) Although I gave it to God, I still worried. So what happened after that with the diagnosis? What was the treatment? Give us the next part of this. Well, we we were in Ohio when he got diagnosed and we called our primary care doctor in Florida and she said, get out of that cold uh, <laughs> Ohio air and get down to Florida. So we first saw a pulmonologist in Florida. The pulmonologist hooked us up with an oncologist who took a biopsy and it took how long to get the biopsy back? Well, Probably. it was 40 days since diagnosis when the biopsy came back. Mm. Right. Wow. They had to, they had to send it away because it was inconclusive. Mm-hmm. But when we finally did get the news, it was biblically 40 days <laughs> <laughs> it was. after after that ER 
doctor told us what we, what we were dealing with. And it turns out it's not cancer. Mm. We don't yet know what it is. Mm. He's seeing infectious disease doctors now, but he feels fine. He looks great. <laughs> <laughs> but this was the genesis for us um, starting to write about the journey. Question. How do you account for the diagnosis, the original diagnosis of cancer, if it wasn't? We were told that he he had a mass on his lung. We knew that. And that the mass and the other shadows mimicked what cancer looks like mm -hmm. on, a, on a lung CAT scan. Mm -hmm. So he's had five CAT scans since that first one. And the the mass moves around. It vanishes. It comes back. It's it's very mysterious. So, but it's not it's not cancer. And I don't blame the ER doctor. It was quite abrupt. I think his bedside manner could use a little work. But he honestly told us what he thought it was, and he gave us direction to find an oncologist. It's interesting too when you've got something in your lungs, you just don't know what it is especially when you don't feel anything. You feel great every mm. day. You just feel great. Mm. And they say, be back in a month and a half and let's go look. Okay. We mm. go back in a month and a half and they took a CAT scan and they said, well, there's something in there. But what was in there last month, it's gone. Yeah. But you got something else, littler, much, much smaller now. Yeah. But we'll have to see what it can be. And we well, talked about attitude is important, but I think it, it's also important to mention that on our daily devotionals, Mark would pray uh, for patience and for God's will. And I would end with a prayer saying, but it's okay if you want to heal him. <laughs> Mark's not going to ask for that, but I'm going to say it's okay if you want to heal him. Now, were you guided to write this book? Was there a spiritual message? Was there that said to you, this is why this is happening to write this book? Uh, maybe. But not really at first. It was simply that maybe this could help somebody else. Maybe this could help somebody who's been diagnosed with something that's scared to death. And what do you do? How do you get through during those waiting days? Because those are tough. And I can guarantee you it's the first thing you think about when you wake up and the last thing you think about when you go to bed. But you had a revelation. Yeah. It was another month later. I had a revelation, woke up out of a dead sleep, and I heard it or saw it or something, and it simply said, Mark, this book just can't be about you. Mm. Think about this, Patricia. For mm. 70 days, I've been writing about me and nothing else and how I felt, and now I can't write it just about me? That's what really started the book. Mm -hmm. Mm. Because so, then you said we have to write other people's stories. Right. They didn't tell you that. That wasn't the message, but that's what you got from it. Yes, absolutely. So I did the most brilliant thing possible. <laughs> I went to Facebook. And I, wrote <laughs> a note, I wrote a note that morning saying, hey, Mary Kay and I are going to write a book on cancer or other alarming medical diagnoses. If you are a caregiver, if you are a survivor in the midst of it, know somebody who's gone through it, let me know. And I told Mary and what Kay, happened? How many responses did you get? You want me to guess? Yes. Yes. Between 50 and 100. Ooh. No, you're high. But, <laughs> but I thought we'd only get three. <laughs> <laughs> we got over 20. It, we, well, we that's still. Yeah. Yeah, within 12 hours, we got over 20. And it was some people saying I had it. Now, these were people from high school 50 years before. Say, hey, hi, Mark, I have a story I should give to you. Or somebody else saying, my best friend Jim went through this. You should talk to him. Here's his phone number. Mm. So it was amazing where all the stories came from. It did ripple for a while as, as we began talking to people about it. Then other folks raised their hand. So we weren't able to include everybody. But what we were looking for was a nice cross-section of ailments. Yeah. Certainly cancer is represented with 15 different stories, but we we talk about different treatments. Even if we cover the same flavor of cancer, mm -hmm. different treatments. There are stories ranging from uh, a child, a little five-year-old who got sarcoma, stage four sarcoma. Obviously, we didn't interview him, although he's now 19 and a strapping college student, mm -hmm. but his parents told their journey. 
So we mixed it up with all different kinds of stories. Yes. But you know what's interesting is that this happened in 2022, correct? November. Now, that's not even a year. Within one year, you already have this book out. (laughs) Some people spend two years just writing it, let alone publishing it, or three years or more. Right. Well, I've always been somebody who believes in getting stuff done. And so (laughs) once we had the names, I got a hold of all of them and said, I want to interview you. So I would call, they'd send me, or they'd talk to me their story, and then I'd hurry and write it so I can still remember it. I'm getting older. (laughs) And then I'd send it back to them and said, okay, add, change, subtract. Mm -hmm. We can start over anything you want. And they sent it back to me, and then I gave it right to Mary Kay, who knows how to edit, and changed things around and said, did you ask this? No, I can call them back, though. (laughs) So together, we got it all done. And once we had, the goal then became 25 stories. And once we had 26, we uh, sent it to a professional editor. And boy, have we learned some stuff, Patricia, about writing a book that we never, ever thought we'd have to learn in our lives. But we we had just retired we retired uh, the end. Well, I guess we've been retired. 2020. Two, yeah, 2020. We retired and we were just going to travel and spend time with kids and grandkids. But uh, sometimes God has different plans. And <laughs> this is what we've been dedicating our time to right. for the past 10 months. It's yeah. been very rewarding. Yeah. Before we go to break, just really quickly, we've got about a minute. When you say you learned some lessons from publishing and writing, what, what's one of them you'd like to share? It's hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And you need a, an editor to go through what you've, what you've written yeah. and, you know, have, have a steel skin. Right. I learned that you need to, to read sentences backwards. And that's the best way to find typos and words that are ill-used because your brain will fill in the blanks if you just read it the regular way. Interesting. And then, yeah. And then you've got to get a professional editor who really knows what they're doing. Right. And yes. then find yes. a publisher. Right. That's a whole other story, finding a publisher. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more to Mary, Mark and Mary Kay Liston about their book, Diagnosed, and what about their story, their continued story, and also about the amazing stories of the people in their book as well as their own relationship and how they work together so well. Again, the book is Diagnosed Inspirational Stories After an Alarming Medical Diagnosis. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host, keynote speaker, and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now, she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. 
If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back we are talking to authors Mark and Mary Kay Liston, who are sharing their faith-filled journey in, in addition to stories of 26 others to help readers cope with life-altering diagnoses, which Mark went through. The name of their book is Diagnosed, Inspirational Stories After an Alarming Medical Diagnosis. So welcome back, Mark and Mary Kay. Thanks, Patricia. So, so, you know, in in deciding to write this book, how long after you kind of heard that voice say to you, you know, whatever you write, it can't just be about you. When did you start getting to work and how did you gather up all the stories beside the Facebook stories? Some are family stories. There's There's a story in there about my brother who died from ALS and the reason that that story was so intimate is he had just passed the year before and he was a remarkable man whose life after he was diagnosed was so blessed. And I wanted to make sure that we got that story included in the book too. So, I mean, so go ahead. I was going to say, there's a story about her sister who did have breast cancer. And then last, um, it was right after I was diagnosed. In fact, it was Thanksgiving day. She called the house and she said, um, Mary Kay, let me talk to Mark. Well, he, she always had talks to her sister, not to me. And she said, I just got a diagnosis of lung cancer, Mark. Can you tell Mary Kay? Oh. So she could hear the whole conversation. And we went to see her that day in the hospital in Orlando. And it turned out she didn't have it either. Yeah. Makes me wonder how frequently this happens. <laughs> yeah. In terms of, um, you know, uh, misdiagnosis or, um, you know, and so that's something we always have to look at. And maybe we should all be looking at second opinions. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and not just look for the worst. Think about the best. Stay positive. Not just say, I think I'm going to die. Because for us that are older than 50, let's put it that way, we were afraid of the big C all the time. And we you know, thought. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, we thought. If you got a diagnosis for cancer, you are going to die. You know, though, this brings up a good point. I think what happens sometimes is people in the medical world, the oncologists, the surgeons, this is what they see all day long. So it's almost like they're wired to look for this. And sometimes that happens. It's they're looking for that more than they're not looking for it. And so if they find something that might be it, they say that it might be it. We also doctor tell us in a moment of extreme candor that remember I said, Mark has had five CAT scans. The last doctor that we saw said, I'll bet none of those docs even looked at these CAT scans. I'll bet they just read the radiologist's report. And he said, it is, it is a confusing report. And doctors sometimes he said, just make stuff up if they don't know the answer, which was shocking to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's called being a person, right? We think doctors aren't people. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, all right, let's talk about, um, before we go into the stories, I have to ask you, you know, as as a couple, you've been together over 20 years, how you work together and live together and play together and make it all happen and still have the juice, if you will, in the relationship. (laughs) Well, it probably starts when we met. Um, I was working with new franchisees, and Mary Kay worked at a corporate store, the biggest in the country. And we had new training, new franchise training. And the president of the company said, why don't you call Mary Kay out in Los Angeles and invite her in for training? And so 
I did that. She was there two days later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we just liked each other. We were friends. And I remember driving her back to the to the airport that night and saying, what a nice lady. But Patricia, that was it. For two years, we just knew each other and and really had a great relationship. Right. Our respect grew for one another. He became the guy at corporate I could call if I had a stupid question that I didn't want anybody to know I didn't know. <laughs> um, this was this was the uh, Valpac franchise, the blue envelope with coupons. Yes. Print. Yep. It was yes. my first foray into print advertising. I'd come from broadcasting. And Mark was was a safe place for me to go. But then two years later, our situations were different. And all of a sudden, we saw each other in a different light. We have been together since then. We dated for two years between LA and Tampa. Yes. Which was uh, something. Difficult. Yeah. But dear Abby said years ago, you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't get married unless you've dated for two years. So uh, that's what we did. And then they created a job for me at corporate in Florida. And I moved out there. We got married. And then went on to work at two other large franchise companies together as colleagues. Mm -hmm. And it's been wonderful. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, again, there are a few myths in this. One myth is you shouldn't be working, you know, with your spouse or your significant other or the person you're dating. It complicates things. You know, that's one myth. And I think also the long distance relationship is another one. Don't have long distance relationships. They don't work. So why don't you address those two since... Those are certainly myths in your in your world. Well, I'll, I'll address the long distance. It was different. It was real different than I've ever dated anybody in my life because it was three-hour time change, and yeah. we just made sure we saw each other every other weekend. So I would fly to L.A. I'd get in about 2 o'clock in the morning. We'd go back to our condo and say, let's watch a movie together. <laughs> I'd be asleep in about 12 minutes. <laughs> And Mary Kay kept saying the next morning, why do you always fall asleep? I said, honey, it's two o'clock in the morning, Tampa time when I get here. Yeah, and then yeah. I caught the uh, the red eye on Sunday night, flew back, got to Tampa about 6.30, went back to where I lived, took a shower, went to work. But I learned how to fall asleep on airplanes. <laughs> and so it worked. It. And it worked. And we, we loved it. And from my side, corporate loved me because I was always willing to fly out to Tampa from L.A. <laughs> for training or meetings or whatever they needed. I was there raising my hand. Hey, I'll come out there. Sure. Yeah, and corporate so. knew of our relationship. Right. Yeah. Was- All right. And how about working together as a couple in a company? We found that, in fact, we must have said this a thousand times, one plus one equals three. Because we could talk together about things in 20 years we've never had a fight we've wow. disagreed we've disagreed nicely but never been mad at each other never went to bed mad never had a fight and so from the beginning like why you know we're in our 50s and now we're in our late 60s so what is there to fight about really well the other thing is that we're completely different personalities mm. and i think that that's really helpful when we retired we were both presidents of brands with the neighborly organization. And these are home service franchises. My way of running a company is completely different from Mark's way of running a company. But because we could bounce things off of each other, it was very easy to see things from each other's perspective. And I think that lent quite a bit of depth to what we brought to the company. Yeah, I live in a, a gray world. There are no rules, uh, kind of, mm-hmm. somewhat. Mary yeah. Kay lives in a black and white world. There but that's are helpful, right? Because yes. if both oh. of you were gray, I'm not, you keep going around and around. And yeah. if both of you were black and white, you wouldn't see the spaces in between. Exactly. So it's probably a very good thing, a good yes. balance. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Growing up a Navy brat, it, it's black and white. And <laughs> <laughs> there are rules. And, and, yeah. um, but, but Mark's taught me to see the nuances, and I think I've taught him the value of staying within the bumpers. Yeah, True. Which, is, which is really great. All right. I'm going to take a break in a minute, and when we come back, we want to get into the stories. You know, some of the stories of people that you interviewed that you thought were really remarkable. And you said the stories are of all ages and stages, right? I mean, right. They're, they're, very, they're very varied. Okay. And From there age are- four to, Age four to age 85. 
Wow. Oh. <laughs> and you have 25 stories. 25 stories? Yeah, 26 stories 26 and then stories. Mark's story as well. Yes. Yeah, which is great. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. And how can people find your book? We have a website, diagnosedbook.com. Diagnosed, past tense, book.com. You can find out more about us. You can see what others who have read the book say about it. You'll hear interviews like this one on our website. And there's a direct link to amazon.com to purchase the book. Which is great. All right. All right. My guests today are Mark and Mary Kay Liston. And their book is called Diagnosed Inspirational Stories After an Alarming Medical Diagnosis, which Mark had. And he went through it and it spurred them on or it encouraged them to write this book with many other stories. So that's what we're going to talk about next in our next two segments is hearing some of these amazing stories. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. The boroughs are New York City. The burbs are everywhere else. Real estate is the ultimate game of risk and reward. It's the biggest investment most people ever make. Fortunes are made over a lifetime and lost in a day. And we're not playing with Monopoly money. How do you stay ahead? Who's buying? Who's selling? And why? What do they know? We want the truth. You need an edge. Burrows and Burbs is your secret weapon to giving you the insider knowledge and strategies you need to succeed in the high-stakes world of real estate. From Palm Beach to Palm Springs, Manhattan to Malibu, we press the experts to expose the pain, find the deals, and occasionally predict the future. That's Burrows and Burbs, 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, because everyone can make money in real estate. It is time to change the negative narrative of divorce. Families are hungry for a different option. Listen to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. You will discover how to function as one family living in two homes. There are high-functioning, stable, and happy divorce families living in your neighborhood. What's their secret sauce? What did their journey look like? Do they have regrets or recommendations? Let's find out. It's never too late to have a good divorce. The Good Divorce Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. All who live face a time of passing. Is death the end, or will souls enter an afterlife? Have you ever wondered about historical figures and what they would say if they were alive today? Psychics and authors Barry and Connie Strom will use their gift of spirit communication to answer questions and channel spirits concerning the hereafter. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Barry and Connie Strom at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are listening to the Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That number again is 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. We are talking to authors Mark and Mary Kay Liston who share their faith-filled journey in addition to sharing stories of 26 other people who have been through life-altering diagnoses. The name of the book is Diagnosed, Inspirational Stories After an Alarming Medical Diagnosis, which Mark had, and he went through it, and now Mark and Mary Kay together have written a book to inspire other people of how they can get through it as well. Welcome back, Mary Kay and Mark. Thank you. All right, let's pick a story and share it. Go ahead. Mary Kay. All right. There's a story in here of four-year-old Thomas who had stage four sarcoma. Clearly, we did not interview Thomas, but we interviewed his parents. And I thought their story was incredibly inspiring and educational. They're both different personalities. 
The dad is very analytical. The mom is from the medical field, but the soft side of medical field. So the dad built spreadsheets when they got Thomas into his treatment. And so that he could he could keep very clear track about what was going on, what was happening next, and what was the expected outcome and what was the realized outcome. So he could refer to this. They were in a Ronald McDonald house for a year outside of their state. He used to go running every morning. He was dad. the dad. He was a military guy. And he'd, he'd go run and he'd stop in Catholic churches and light candles. And during this routine, he met up with a priest who ran with him then, became a running buddy. And they visited all of the Catholic churches in the area. This was his therapy, his way to, to get through it. The mom, because she knew medical jargon, she's the one who talked to the docs. But what they shared is that through it all, they had to be closely aligned Mm -hmm. because they were making life-changing decisions for their son based on the information they had available. And they knew that there was a risk if they did not agree on a particular direction to go, it could be shattering to the family because if they had a bad outcome, it would be very difficult as a couple to get past that. So the lessons from them in this book are about working together and keeping, making sure that the rest of the family is cared for as well, because he had a sibling, but still focusing on what Thomas needed and finding doctors that they could trust. That was, we talked about that earlier. That was part of their journey as well. But in the end, as I said, Thomas is a strapping 19 year old, um, you know, completely cured and the family is closer than ever. Hmm. What inspired me so much talking to his dad was that you're going to come to a fork in the road when you're dealing with something like this. And the parents have to understand, we may have different opinions, but we've got to get there together. Because what you don't want is one blaming the other one for, I knew we shouldn't have done that treatment, Mm -hmm. but there was something else I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And it's been very strong. Now, the one that comes to my mind all the time. I, I just want to say one thing. I want to just comment on, on this story is um, what, you know, what I'm getting from what you said is that they work together. You yes. Know, and that togetherness mm-hmm. is really important. It's much harder when you're going it alone, you know, yes. and that they were on the same page with a common purpose for their son. It's so. not uncommon to hear families fall apart, even if yes. the, the child survives. It, it does sometimes irreparable, irreparable damage to the family unless they manage it with eyes wide open and very thoughtfully. Yeah, good point. Mark, share a story with us from the book. Stephen. Stephen was a major league relief pitcher, drafted right out of college. He was now 35, great shape, swam every day. He and his wife were trying to have kids. After a workout one day, he didn't feel well. So he called his doctor, went in to see him. The doctor said, no, you're fine. He says, I don't think so. I know my body pretty well being a professional athlete. He said, okay, come back in a week. Came back in a week. Said, no, you're still fine. Finally, he went through a bone marrow biopsy, and that's when they found that he had acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Mm. His wife is a, a hospital pharmacist. So whatever he got when it came to chemo and everything else, she understood that world extremely well. He was months from death. He asked a hematologist, he says, can I survive this? What's the options? And the hematologist said, you can. It'll be harder than anything you can imagine and harder than anything else you've gone through in life. To the point that when the the nurses came in, they were wearing hazmat suits. Well, I knew nothing about stem cell transplants. Mm. They had to find, there's 10 different markers that the perfect stem cell transplant has. They found someone that had exactly his 10 markers, which is very Mm. unusual, but the person was in Germany. So to make this happen, they had a air flight quickly from Germany to LA, I'm sorry, to New York, New York to LA, and then L.A. into his the, body. The person or the cells? The cells. The cells. The, the cells. cells. They harvested them in Germany. 
Yeah, wow. the person was also in Germany. And wow. so that's what they found. And he just put his name on a list like, I will donate my stem cells. Isn't that, so, I have a question, though. I want to go back for a minute. When, um, when the doctors kept saying to him, there's nothing wrong, how did they come to have him tested? How did that? How did he get to that point? All the regular tests they would normally do. It could have okay. been a CAT scan. It could I have see. been an MRI. So they kept testing him. Yes. He kept insisting because he knew his body and he knew that it didn't feel right. So this is where he took control of his health care and insisted they keep looking until they find what it was. Wow. Yeah. He wow. was in the hospital. He's in the hospital 43 days. Mm. And after you have a stem cell transplant, you have to stay around the hospital for 100 more days to see if it works. Fortunately, it did. And that's been 10 years ago. The other night, I got this note from Stephen. Again, I didn't know him. I was referred to him in this, in this um, email that I sent out to everybody on Facebook. He said, uh, quick note, I had my first comprehensive blood work today at City of Hope in L.A. in nearly a year. Always good news. I don't think I'll ever stop being nervous about my checkups. The feeling of relief when they say my numbers are good or great is indescribable. I'm full of gratitude and thankfulness today. After the news sank in, I thought of you and of every person in your book you wrote about who's going through challenging things in their lives. I only hope that they receive good news. What wow, I never realized. Beautiful. Isn't beautiful. That something? Yeah. Just out of the blue. <laughs> What I, what I didn't realize, there's a fraternity of people that have gone through cancer or something else mm. that have to go back every year, every five years, every mm -hmm. 10 years mm -hmm. for blood tests. Mm -hmm. And this group, this fraternity of people understand what the other one's going through. Mm -hmm. And they all have the same fear. It was mentioned by somebody else in the book, too, when they went back for their one year and their three year and the five year, how nervous they were. I think there's another thing at play here too, and that's the word cancer, the C word. Oh, yes. I think just that word, you know, brings up these dramatic, you know, catastrophic feelings in so many of us. And and cancer has different gradations. I mean, there are different um, elements, if you will. And so, not only that, but the advances in medicine today, every single day, they're discovering new things, new treatments. And, and in the book, we talk about people who went through regular chemo and radiation. We have three breast cancer patients. One did a single mastectomy, one did a double, and one did a lumpectomy. We have people in the book who practiced holistic health. <laughs> we have people who um, tried alternative medications. So there are lots of decisions to make as a patient, but things change all the time. Right. But ultimately, it's your decision. It's not the doctor's decision. It's not the nurse practitioner's decision. Ultimately, it's kind of like the gentleman you just talked about. He knew something was wrong. You know, right. And you just know when someone says something to you, there's something in you that says, is that right? I'm not sure that's right because I don't feel that. And that's where I think we have to learn to listen to ourselves more. I agree. We, we really have to. Yeah. There, there's another story that is not uh, about cancer. We do have. All right. You're not. A, yeah. OK. We, we have like three minutes to break. I'd rather start the story when we come okay. back. Okay. So okay. we're going to we're going to start this new story, not about cancer, about something else. And we'll have a couple stories to tell you after the break. Again, how can people get your book? Go to diagnose.com. No. Diagnosedbook.com. <laughs> I'm sorry. Diagnosedbook.com. Or you can just go straight to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and find the book. Look up Diagnosed Liston and it will appear. Okay. All right. Great. Are you going to do an audiobook? <sighs> We're still learning about this stuff. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't know. We have no background on any of this stuff, Patricia. This is all brand new. Well, you know, that brings up a good point because you actually do. I mean, you were in broadcasting, uh, Mary Kay. Mark, you've been writing blogs for years. Right. It's the same. You just put it together in a different form. So you do have the background. 
and you and you do a beautiful job and you do a beautiful job (laughs) all right so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to tell a couple of more stories um, about some amazing people who were diagnosed and were inspirational after having an alarming medical diagnosis with our authors today mary and mark and mary k liston husband and wife team who share their own faith-filled journey um, which mark went through and now 26 other stories as well. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. As humans, we suffer when we believe we are not good enough. We are taught we must be better, look better, try harder, and achieve more. We cope with the stress and disappointment of life in ways that make us feel worse and keep us stuck in a cycle of unworthiness. We don't have to live this way. You don't have to live this way. Kirsten and her guests will share how self-acceptance and unconditional self-love can help you break this cycle and find freedom Listen to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans, with Kirsten Johansson, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hi everyone and we are back we're talking to mark and mary Kay liston And they are a couple who wrote this wonderful, inspirational book called Diagnosed, Inspirational Stories After an Alarming Medical Diagnosis. And this happened for Mark last year, where he had an alarming medical diagnosis, and he has worked through it. And it encouraged them to share other stories like theirs. And they created this book, and we are now sharing the stories. They divided the book into two different sections. The first is for the 26 individuals interviewed who share their diagnosis stories, and the second section for the author's own story. And each individual had a very different type of story, and they really give us special insights. And 90% of the patients interviewed shared the importance that their faith in God and prayer had played in their recovery as they navigated these tough waters. Welcome back, Mark and Mary Kay. Thank you. Okay. All right, Mary Kay, another story for us. Uh, Doug. Doug is the third case in the book. Doug was my boss in 2014. He was incredibly fit. He was president of a franchise company. He used to go on bike rides every morning, 40 miles before work, just for fun, Mm. (laughs) which is inconceivable to me, but Mm. that was Doug's practice. 
one afternoon, he went out with uh, his regular guys, plus a new guy joined the joined the bike riders after work. And they were out in rural Texas driving or riding, going for a bike ride. The new guy did a breakaway, took off ahead of the pack. And Doug is extremely competitive. And he said, I'm not going to let this guy get away with that. So he immediately sped up. And when he went into a turn, he felt something funny on the back of his bike. And he thought to himself, I know I'm going to go down. I've gone down hundreds of times on the asphalt and I know what that feels like, or I could turn right and go into this nice grassy berm. And that's what he chose to do. What he didn't know is that there were two huge metal culverts hiding in the berm. And the first culvert struck his handlebars and broke um, seven ribs bilaterally, broke his clavicle, broke his sternum flipped him or he then smashed into the second culvert and broke every bone in his face and then flipped he scorpioned in the air and broke his back ended up upside down in barbed wire the amazing thing about doug it didn't kill him and the amazing thing is that he said right then the first thought he had was okay god what have you got for me now how are you going to use me now wow As I said, this is out in the middle of nowhere in rural Texas, and along came a car driven by an EMT. He was hauling a trailer full of T-shirts. And the the gentleman that Doug didn't know who was riding bikes with them was a doctor. So Hmm. between the EMT, the T-shirts, and the doctor, they were able to stabilize him and get him to a hospital where he went through immediate surgery to find out what was going on with his back and to start to think about putting together his face. Mm. His wife had to bring in a picture of him so that the doctors would know what to do with these 16 titanium plates they were putting in in his face. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing story. And through it all, Doug remained faithful. Mm. He knew that, that God did have better plans for him. And he knew that he was going to fight through this. We thought he was going to be gone for a year. I was prepared to be the acting president of this year. And it was 13 weeks later, he was out of rehab hospital and came in to work, uh, to work a couple hours a day after just 13 weeks. Now talk about what they did. What about the face and the back and the bones and... Yes. Well, it turns out that um, he did break his back. He's a paraplegic and he's been a paraplegic since that day. But his face got completely reconstructed. His wife laughed and said, I should have brought in a picture of Tom Cruise instead of Doug because it looks just like him. Mm. But after the swelling went down, then um, he had an eyeball that was dislodged, but they were able to save that and they built built him back up. He started riding a hand bicycle. Uh, a year later, he went on that same bike ride a year after the accident to commemorate it on his hand bike. And um, all of his friends were lined up on the turn of the road where he Amazing. had the accident. It, yes. so, so being, he's a paraplegic. Yes. So is that from the waist down? From the middle of his chest. Yeah. He feels nothing. So he can use his arms and um in his head mm. so he transports himself he drives a vehicle with hand controls mm. he's fiercely independent and he just retired last year this year i'm sorry he sure. just retired this year so he worked for the next 10 years unbelievable and and, he, he, and the amazing thing to me my takeaway is the faith i mean someone else yeah. would have just packed it in yep and said i don't want to be here anymore not him. Nope. And his wife is equally faithful. And she said she coped with it from the very beginning, acknowledging that this is not life ending. This is life altering. Mm. Her life changed immediately that day as well. As you can imagine, she was a teacher and eventually she had to retire to, to help care for Doug. Mm-hmm. But it, there's a bracelet that, that we all wear. Whoops. And it says, God is good all the time. Doug's supporters had these made right after his accident. 
And so we've been sporting these for, for 10 years and passing them out to people whenever we get a chance. Isn't to. that wonderful? Well, I wish we had more time for more stories, but I do want to circle back with you, Mark, about your story. Where are you in your story now with um, what happened with your condition? I've got something in my lung. The good news is it goes away by the next CAT scan. The okay. bad news is there's something else replacing it <laughs> for the, and then I mean it's almost like pop a whack a mole, like you mm. hit this one and this one pops up. So if there's something in there, doctors are not concerned; they just want to find out what it is. So now we see an infectious disease doctor. Um, about a month ago, we went in and they stuck something down my throat and they put me out something down my throat and they took a, a culture of things in my lung. And they sent it to Utah, and I have a doctor appointment. Uh, it's either January or February, but it's not cancer. But they're they're going to grow whatever it is in petri dishes, and then see what will battle it. Wow, that's terrific. Yeah. So we Close, wait. Closing thoughts from both of you. What do you want to leave our listeners with, Mary Kay? Start with you. Sure. One of the lessons that I learned that was incredibly powerful to me was: if you are ill, share it with others. Don't keep it to yourself. Let people love on you. And friends and family, when you want to love on an ill person, be specific. Please don't burden them with, uh, let me know if I can help, because they don't know to what extent you want to help. Rather say, I'd like to bring a meal over next week, what day works best for you? Or I'd like to bring you to your next doctor's appointment, or I'm running to the store. What can I pick up for you? Wonderful. Wonderful. Mark. The power, of yeah, the power of prayer is magic. I had no idea what a prayer warrior team was until last November 3rd when I looked at Mary Kay and said, could you explain what a prayer warrior team is? And then she told me, I said, oh, we need one of those right now. So wow. I, I get that. The other thing with prayer is make sure when you're talking to other people, don't just say, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with you. Because I've heard that a bajillion times. When anybody is sick, yeah, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Mm-hmm. What works much better is let me is to say, can I say a prayer with you right now? Let me say, can I say a prayer with you? Yeah. Yeah. And they always say yes. Yeah. And then you say a prayer with them. It can be one, it can be five seconds, it can be a minute. It does not have to be fancy. Thank you. And when you're done, you say, Thank you, Lord. Amen. And they feel great. And thank you both for this wonderful, inspirational interview. It was really wonderful. And people can find the book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble as well. Thank you both, Mary Kay and Mark Liston, for being on this program today. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Patricia. Bless you. It was a joy. Thank you, thank you thank Patricia. You. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, this wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You can find me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com if you want a copy of my newsletter, which I send out every month with all these amazing guests. If you'd like to have your own podcast, you want to get your own positive message out there. I've interviewed over 5,000 people in these decades, and I would love to help you. So contact me, Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. And on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.